Everybody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike, for this off-season episode where we are going to discuss uh, the pending Bills free agents. We're going to list them. We're going to come up with a, a few that we'd like to see re-signed and for how and how and why. We're going to talk about potential Bills cuts to current players. Uh, there's obviously a list of maybe half a dozen or more players that have really big cap hits but really low dead cap values, which means that they could easily be cut or maybe possibly restructured or, you know, we'll figure that out. We'll talk about that. And we're going to discuss a Fred Jackson jersey giveaway. We're doing this cool collaboration with the uh, folks from buffaloautographs.com and, uh, and they were kind enough to give us a Fred Jackson jersey to give away for this episode or uh, we're going to, we're going to give away this jersey, but we're going to come up with a cool way to give it away. Because uh, if you follow us during the season, uh, we usually do jersey giveaways, signed jersey giveaways with uh, uh, for Apple podcast reviews. But this is going to be strictly for the listeners of this podcast. So if there's 10 of you, great. If there's 10,000 of you, perfect. Um, we'll come up with a, a cool way to, to do a giveaway of that, but we'll talk about that later. But first, like I mentioned before, I'm joined by my co-host, John and Mike. This is the second off-season episode. Last week, we talked with the Buffalo Rumblings podcast uh, Pick'em League winner, Mark, and uh, got some cool thoughts on the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Check that out if you have not heard it. Um, But first, we're going to talk about the existing unrestricted free agents of the Buffalo Bills. Now, John and Mike, I mentioned you guys earlier. Real quick, John, Mike, how are you guys doing in that order? Are you guys doing well? I am well, Nate. I am ready for free agency in the draft, reload, Super Bowl next year. Let's go. You mentioned, John, before we started uh, recording that this is one of your favorite times of year. And why? And, but there's a historical significance, like with your history with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously during the drought years, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to look forward to other than free agency and uh in the draft so I, I really got into it for a while um so that i i have residual effects of that even though that the bills are actually good now uh so it's it's still something that i enjoy uh during the off season plus like because there is no football year round like it's something to fill the gaps you know yeah i mean we were for so long just looking forward to this like not even just now like we were, there were times where we'd look, be looking forward to it in December <laughs> or November, right? Times where we didn't, we were like, this this season's done, this season's cooked. We're like five and nine, <laughs> you know. Let's start looking to see who we can get. Like, what's our biggest needs? And our needs list was so long. 
it was just so long. So, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's definitely some residual effect from that. Mike, yourself, how are you doing? Been a little, been a little bit of time, but uh, it's been a minute. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Thanks. It's good to it's good to be with you guys. Uh, Let's start off. I'm going to go uh, list off the Bills' unrestricted free agents. Um, This is, and I'm going to do an order of their salary from 2021. So their highest, the highest paid free agents, and we'll go to the lowest paid free agents. That's the order that we'll be going in. Um, We're going to start off with Jerry Hughes, defensive end. Then we also have defensive end Mario Addison, unrestricted free agent. Defensive tackle Vernon Butler. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Guard Ike Butger. Cornerback Levi Wallace. Running back Taiwan Jones. Defensive end F.A. Obata. Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. Running back Matt Breda. Right tackle, Bobby Hart. Wide receiver, Jake Kumaro. Defensive end, Brian Cox Jr. Defensive tackle, Harrison Phillips. Justin Zimmer, defensive tackle. And guard, Ryan Bates. Guard, Ryan Bates, actually, I should I should clarify that he's actually a restricted free agent. So that won't be part of this conversation at first. So um, we're each going to talk about one of these players that we'd like to see come back from the current unrestricted free agent pool. So, I mean, there's three major players i'll start off three major players that uh, i think a lot of player a lot of fans want to see come back and that would be defensive end jerry hughes uh cornerback levi wallace and defensive tackle harrison phillips and if i had to choose between those three specifically i'm going to go with defensive tackle harrison phillips and i think that it's because of his potential the ceiling that he has yet to reach, but he's also started to really come on strong in the second half of this last season. He was basically a starter right next to Ed Oliver. Um, and that just gives you, because Starr was back healthy at one point and he couldn't get his starting uh, role back from Harrison Phillips. He just, and Harrison Phillips has battled with injuries uh, so far. And I mean, he's only 26 years old. Uh, he, did, he battled a couple of, he, he was battling a tweaked knee injury earlier this season that he got from the preseason, so it took him a while to come back. Um, I mean, but you're talking about a guy that was also not only uh, showed flashes on the field, but he's also a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, right? So you know the guy's a great guy on the field, off the field. Um, he serves a position that I think that the Bills would still potentially look to draft if they didn't sign him. Right now, Track is giving him a $5.4 million average annual salary and that's definitely doable. Now we're going to talk about the current salary cap position the Bills are in. It's not great, but um, if you think about it, like five point four million dollars per year for a guy of that caliber, um, or even in that ballpark, like four to seven million dollars per year, uh, I think is worth it. I like Harrison Phillips. I like him a lot. I like Levi Wallace. Also, um, it's just he he never really he was never really great. Uh, when it came down to it. And Jerry Hughes, I like him, but he's going to be 34 this upcoming year. So you have to take that into account. Um, By far, I think Harrison Phillips is my favorite uh, guy. And it doesn't sound like you have to pay a whole lot for him. So, John, I'm going to kick it over to you next. Um, What did you think? And uh, is there someone else that you'd put on your list of of who you'd want to re-sign before Harrison Phillips? Yeah, I mean, Phillips is definitely got to be up there and i would also like to resign wallace as well um 
I thought he played played pretty well, and he, he improved a lot this this last year too. Um, you know, with White going down and everything, he uh, if if we didn't have Wallace, it would have been pretty tough. Uh, but yeah, I like Phillips and Wallace a lot. Uh, like you said, with Hughes, he's getting older. Um, it's kind of tough. Hughes and Addison both becoming free agents. They're you know they're they're despite the heavy rotation on the defensive line, they're kind of their starters. But at the same time, they're not like super productive guys either. Like you know, Hughes, um, he has been good for the Bills over the years, but um, he is getting older. Addison is kind of a stopgap, stopgap type player. So I mean, they got to turn to guys like Rousseau and Boogie Basham and and some of the other younger guys. Um, but so yeah, I'd say Wallace and Phillips out of those 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 first three that you mentioned. Um, looking at the rest rest of the list here. I don't really see anybody that jumps to me like, oh, I got to have them, you know, other than like, you know, restricted free agent Ryan Bates. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I, you could make a case for some of those other guys, but I'm not after Phillips. Isaiah Wallace. McKenzie. What about Isaiah McKenzie? Because we were talking about this beforehand and we were like, well, you know, wide receiver might be a need. I mean, if something happens to Cole Beasley, which we're going to discuss in a minute, I mean, you have Gabriel Davis, you have Stefan Diggs. And then you have a lot of unproven guys. You have like Isaiah Hodgins and you have Marquez Stevenson. Like these are guys that just haven't done hardly anything on the field. Um, What do you think about Isaiah McKenzie? Because I like Isaiah McKenzie, but it's just a matter of like, he's probably going to make some money this year, but also like um, the bills never focused on him. And would Ken Dorsey do that or not? Um, I mean, do you like Isaiah McKenzie at all? McKenzie's tough for me. He, um, I don't know if I'm just scarred from like the the return games and like guys dropping balls. Um, he's he's so like receiver. I think is one of their biggest needs, even if they don't lose anybody. Uh, I mean, the the lose Sanders probably to retirement, but um, he's that speedy type of guy that they need. But he's not like anywhere close to the same caliber as like a Tyree Kill. And I'm not saying they need to get a Tyree Kill, but I I think they could use an upgrade there for that specific thing yeah he's the only one i would consider besides the three or four i mentioned earlier um i like i like uh i'll, I'll throw it over to mike mike um we mentioned several names on there um levi wallace harrison phillips uh, as major ones w- was there any name that stood out to you that you'd really like to see come back i think i agree with you guys harrison phillips for sure right levi wallace jerry hughes but it's a, a question of at what price and on what terms? Um, I just don't think we can afford to pay him. As, no, as Levi Wallace know. right now, this is the market valuation, is $9.6 million per year. And we got him last season as a free agent. He signed for $1.75 million. So you're talking about almost $8 million more, $7 million more. I mean, he um, played so well. It's almost like he played himself off the team. He did. Unfortunately, to, to say it that way, but realistically i can't see i can't see a way he comes back but you know what like in in some weird way it's kind of maybe it'll force this team to actually draft a cornerback in like the first four rounds because they've been avoiding it year after year because of levi wallace and there here you know they might actually get a guy that has a little bit more upside levi wallace is like a very steady solid cornerback but he'll he'll never be on the level of tradavius white or um you know, whoever, but, um, I like Levi Wallace. I don't see him coming back, but, um, obviously I, I, they go. I wonder if they bring in a veteran too, 
in, in addition to a draft pick. So they don't have to necessarily spend a first-round pick on a corner. They could bring in a vet, spend a third-round pick on a corner or something like that. Well, yeah, then you, yeah, that's a really good point, John. They do love bringing in corners to compete with like their existing guys. Remember, they kept bringing in vets to compete with Levi Wallace, like Josh Norman, and uh, he's the one that comes off the top the most often. But like, but like Dane Jackson, is he a veteran enough that he could be that veteran in his third year to compete with a rookie? Like, does that count? Does that matter? Or are they going to look for like they don't have? as much money to work with that they can get like a four or five or $6 million guy. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. And, gonna, and that's not limited. Like look at their, their safeties, right? They, they went out and grabbed those guys and that worked yeah. out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You're right. They could, they could absolutely bring in a guy that might've been a cast off from another team. I mean, they almost have to, because if Levi Wallace is gone, then you're literally left with Dane Jackson as your as your cornerback because Tredavious White obviously he's a starter but we don't know if he'll be back for sure by the beginning of the season. I mean he tore his ACL in the middle of November. Wasn't no it wasn't it the Thanksgiving game? It was. So that's towards the end of November. So for him to be back by September what 10th or 12th, like that's a little quick. Like that might be a lot to expect a guy coming back from that. So we just don't know, I guess is my point. Obviously they know a little bit better, but I mean, they wouldn't know for sure at one bill's drive, would they? They would just know if he had a setback or not, but there's no telling if they would. Being, um, I don't think is the kind of guy that takes a lot of chances with that. So I would be surprised if they didn't bring bring in a veteran, but I'd also be surprised if they didn't draft at least one corner too to go along with it. But yeah. What do you guys think of this? So John mentioned Jerry Hughes earlier. And he made almost $11 million last year. Right now, Track has his valuation as $3.3 million this year. If you could bring back Jerry Hughes for one season for like $4 million, and you would pair him up with obviously the guys like the young guys, A.J. Epinesa, uh, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, guys that they spent a ton of draft capital on. I feel like they have to bring in a veteran no matter what. I feel like Bree, or Brandon Bean doesn't like, and, and McDermott don't like to put those guys to the test any sooner than he has to. I'm just wondering if they would bring him back. I mean, he's got familiarity with the system. He's got a good rapport. Um, he's never flashy at all. I believe he only had two and a half sacks this last year, um, which I think he's only had six sacks the last three seasons, by the way. Not a great, not a great stat line. Um, um, but, uh, you know, just for like a rotational guy for $3 million, $4 million. Like to me, I, I, I didn't want to bring Jerry Hughes back. Like, okay, it's time to let these guys like really come into their own. And I think having a guy like Jerry Hughes would only hold them back, but they need to bring in a veteran. So if you're going to try to get a veteran at a discount price, I mean, who better than Jerry Hughes? I mean, what do you guys think of that option? Or is it time to just move on and cut ties? Like let's, let's, let's let the younger guys uh, get in some action. Um, yeah, I'd say let the kids play John against it. You know, I, I see that. I see that. Uh, I kind of want, the thing is though, I don't know if we're going to get another guy with more upside. Like, I just don't want, uh, geez, I can't even think of the guy's name. Who's that guy that was from the Redskins? Trent, uh, I can't even think of his name. Who's the, that guy that we cut last year because he was making to it. Anyway, I don't remember, but he wasn't that good. <laughs> That's how quickly these guys run through. John's cold, man. Yeah, you. I feel like you and I are a little more nostalgic. Like, huh? 
<laughs> Give him another chance. Give him another chance. He's one of the best defensive ends in Bill's history. He's like, John's like, cut ties. That's it. <laughs> best defensive ends in Bill's history. That's a statement. <laughs> one of the top ten. Oh, top ten. Jeez. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around for 50 years. I think that's pretty good. 60 years? Has it, has it been over 60 years? Jeez. Yeah. John will cut tie. If I no, like wait, end do, up dying. Do they need to bring in another veteran? Like, who do they have? They have Rousseau. They have Rousseau, Epinesa. Oh, Epinesa. Uh, they have Basham. Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham. Like you said. Uh, they technically have they Mike get, Love, I they think. They could get F.A. Obata. He's a veteran. He's he's on the free agent list. He, they could come a lot, he could come a lot cheaper. So um, I'm glad you said that because he is on the top of my list for like secondary level. Like after our conversation of like the big three or four guys, like he's my, I want F.A. Obata back. Because I think if you could get him for three or four million dollars a year for like a two-year deal, or maybe even longer, he had three and a half sacks for the Buffalo Bills. He was the fourth leading sacker. Is that a word? Sacker? For the Buffalo Bills at three and a half sacks. And he only played 27% of the Bills snaps last year. 21%, sorry, 22%. 22% of the Bills snaps. And he had more sacks than... The only people that had more sacks than him, Mario Addison, which we didn't even mention as a re-signing. He had seven sacks. He led the entire team. Doesn't even feel like it, does it? Um, uh, Ed Oliver was good. No, I, I was, yeah, I think it's not the first time he's led the team in sacks without realizing it. Because I think <laughs> <laughs> you have Ed Oliver next with four sacks, Greg Rousseau with four sacks, and then F.A. Obata with three and a half. And F.A. Obata played less snaps than all three of the people. In front of him, and some of the people behind him, because after him was like Poyer, Milano, um, Latule, like until you get to Taron Johnson, like you know. So anyway, so do you want uh, Hughes or, or Obata? If you had to pick between the two, if I had to pick between the two, F.A. Obata, because he is older. Okay, F.A. Obata is twenty; he's going to be thirty, so he's older, but not as old. He as Hughes. played. But not as old as Hughes, exactly. Um, he he is a veteran because he played with the Panthers, um, even though he did the International Pathway Program for the UK because he was, a, I believe he was a rugby player. Uh, but either way, like, I mean, the guy's got tremendous size. He's like six foot six, and he has positional versatility, defensive end, defensive tackle. I mean, I want F.A. If you, like, not for nothing, I want Harrison Phillips back. If you can't get Harrison Phillips back, like F.A. Obata might be like my only consolation prize because I don't think we're going to get Levi Wallace back. I do like him, but he's kind of like the same situation. Like I want a guy with more upside, right? And then like Jerry Hughes, same thing. Like I want a guy with more upside. Like Isaiah McKenzie, I like, but I'm not, I'm okay with them drafting a wide receiver that could have more upside than Isaiah McKenzie, you know? Uh, So anyway. He's my he's my crush. He's my re-signed crush. Is F.A. Obata. two or three year deal, twelve, fourteen million, whatever, worth every penny, in my opinion. Just give him more snaps. There'll be plenty of room for snaps. I mean, you're talking about Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes leaving. Uh, let's see. Jerry Hughes played fifty two percent of the snaps. Mario Addison played forty five percent of the snaps. So he could easily fit into that that realm. But there's also a possibility that F.A. Obata gets paid in the offseason. So we'll see. There is no market valuation on Track for that. All right. Now let's move into players that the Bills could cut 
this season. So we have the current cap hits for all the Buffalo Bills players and the active roster. We have the dead cap hits for all of the players in the active roster. And so like I'll just I'll just name off the top eight or nine or ten, just so you guys have an understanding of of who the biggest cap hits are for the Buffalo Bills. Stefan Diggs has a cap hit of almost eighteen million dollars this year. Oh, you gotta cut Diggs. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty much I mean, you could save did you I, I don't know if you knew this, John. You can save almost over $9 million if you cut Stefan takes right now. So not saying you should, obviously, but uh, Hey, Hey, you know, you, you could, maybe. you could extend him and restructure his contract. I like that idea a lot. I, if, if there was, if there was a guy on the roster, on the current roster, that didn't just sign a deal in the last year or so or year or two, who can you say deserves uh, a contract extension more than Stefan Diggs? Right, because the first thing was Josh Allen last year, and now I think it's Stephon Diggs. If anyone else, you know, I can't, I can't make a, a an argument for anyone more than that. Can you? He has two years left on his contract. I would love for them to re-sign him this offseason. I think you might just so they free up some cap space. Because you lower that cap hit this season, you make three, four, maybe even five million dollars. You backload the contract a little bit. I mean, Stephon Diggs is was he twenty eight years old? He's 28 and 97 days. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Um, and so you cut, you extend, extend him, extend him till he's 30. When did when did receivers drop off? Mid 30s. Do him till he's like 31, right? 32, three four year contract. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I like that one, John. I'm glad you brought that one up. So then you have Tredavious White next. Uh, Tredavious White is. Let's see. He is a $16.5 million cap hit. Josh Allen, $16.4 million. Tremaine Edmonds, $12.7 million. And his is all dead cap because this is a fifth-year deal. You have Deion Dawkins, $12.7 million cap hit. Now, this is where this is the first name where you start to think about cutting someone. And that is Mitch Morris, $11.25 million cap hit. And only 3.75 in dead cap. So you're talking if they were to straight out cut him, they save almost $8 million, $7.5 million basically. Now, I wouldn't cut him because I like Mitch Morris and I don't think that they have a good center behind him. But uh, so I'm going to say no for this. Unless you guys are going to say otherwise, I say we keep Mitch Morris. Then you have Jordan Poyer. million. You would save basically $7 million if you cut him. They're not going to cut Jordan Poyer. Micah Hyde, same thing, $10.2 million. $5 million dead cap. You'd save over $5 million. They're not going to cut him. Matt Milano, they're not going to cut. They would actually uh, lose even more money than the cap hit that he has. But Daryl Williams. Now, Daryl Williams is the first name that we're discussing where I'm actually thinking about cutting him. Because when he signed the contract that he did last season, he was a starting right tackle. And now he's changed uh, positions from right tackle to right guard. So he's getting paid on a contract uh, more so than he should be based on his position. Now, this is if, if this was the opposite, if you had a guy that was a right guard that switched to right tackle, you can be sure that his, his agent would be calling for an extension or like uh, a pay bump, right? I mean, he's not playing. He's playing a more important position. So this is the first uh, player in which you would save almost $6.4 million if you cut outright, which I would be okay cutting. 
I'm not saying you should, but he should at least change up his contract to give up a couple, you know, two, three million dollars at least this season. So you're talking about a veteran that's making, you know, closer to instead of ten million, maybe closer to six million. Um, save, you know, three or four million dollars that way. Uh, that's kind of the, the lane I'm in. When you guys see that, and based on the logic I just told you. Do you guys like that cut? What are your thoughts on it? You kind of create a hole, but at the same time, um, there's definitely guards that can be drafted in the first three or four rounds where you could get probably a starter out of. I mean, just think why Teller was a fifth round pick a few years ago. So what do you guys think? Yeah, it's it's tough because like, you know, like as it stands, he's probably one of the starting guards along with Ryan Bates. Uh, but like you said, I mean, I don't know. Because like you could, they could use improvements on the offensive line at the same time, and may, uh, maybe they trade him. Right? That he he's shown to, to to play pretty well at guard. Maybe they get a pick out of it. You know? Yeah. And and get rid of the contract at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're only really on the hook for the three point six million. Absolutely. I like that I think, idea. I think we got to see who else is on your list. Well, you know, you know what's funny is uh, Cody Before Ford. Deciding. Much further down, but in the same vein as Cody Ford, which if you cut Cody Ford this year from his rookie contract, you save $1.4 million. So maybe if you get Daryl Williams to restructure his contract and cut Cody Ford or trade him, I mean, you're talking about a, a savings of potentially 5 or $6 million, four, four to five or $6 million from those two positions. And I'd be okay cutting Cody Ford. I think, uh, I think the experiment is over. Uh, they've tried to give Cody Ford. I know he was injured his second season, but they tried to give him a starting position so many times this year, and he just kept losing it over and over again. They drafted him as a right tackle. He's not a right tackle. They played him as a guard because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they thought they thought they moved up in the draft to get him as right tackle. Like, oh, we have our starting right tackle. Not good enough to play tackle. Okay, well, at least we got a good guard. Not good enough to play guard. So I could absolutely see them cutting him. Um, or trading him this offseason for that reason. I don't know what he would get. He can't hold a starting job. So um, I see Daryl Williams as a better trade, uh, as more trade bait. But with that contract, I don't see that. Um, so they do keep Daryl Williams, and they get him to take maybe maybe only a $2 million pay cut this season. Uh, then they cut Cody Ford. That's how you get 3 or $4 million in cap space. That That's almost ideal if, if, if they go with that scenario, because if they lose both players... Now you're down to for their starters, pending draft and free agency, Feliciano and um, Ryan Bates, which is fine. But then there's absolutely no depth behind anybody. Like you have Bobby Hart as your next best player, and <laughs> yeah. nobody likes that, right? Well, like, Tommy Doyle, I guess, is a tackle, but like th- they don't have much for for depth there. Know. But Butker is still there. I mean. So best case scenario, you get Daryl Williams to take a pay cut. You keep your starting five this way. Keep Dawkins, Bates, Morse, Daryl Williams, and Spencer Brown. And then anything else is either an upgrade via free agency or the draft, which is probably more likely the draft, but um, you never know. Next guy on the list is Starla Tulele. Now, Starla Tulele is, is almost, I believe he either restructured, no, he kicked the can down the road with uh, opting out a couple of seasons ago, but his cap hit is almost as much as a salary. You only save one and a half million dollars or so by cutting Starla Tulele. So that almost doesn't make sense. So they keep Starla Tulele. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they keep Harrison Phillips after all, or they, or I'm sorry, they, they can't re-sign Harrison Phillips because, because they're already paying star. They can't commit that much more money to another defensive tackle. Um, 
And now we get to Cole Beasley. Third and Cole. No way you can cut third and Cole. No way you can get rid of Cole Beasley because of the nickname. But uh, he's owed $7.6 million. His dead cap is 1.5. You save $6 million by cutting Cole Beasley. It's a lot of money for a guy. There's a lot of money for a guy who had less than 700 yards last season with playing just as many games as the season before where he almost had 1,000 yards. Um, I don't know about you guys. I don't think the COVID thing is going to play an issue with him or his thoughts on the vaccine or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, as much as his play on the field, I think Josh Allen likes him a lot. I just don't think he can stay at that $7.6 million number. You know, like he's got to have a pay cut, right? Like, or else he, he has no, nobody else is going to sign him for that much money. So I guess, I think it's like, kind of like a John Brown situation where, um, Cole Beasley is 34, I believe. And, uh, you know, they could save $6 million. So they're going to say, Hey, we can either cut you and save $6 million which I don't think they want to do because, like John said, they're, they're kind of tough at receiver besides that. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to make more money than that. Kobe Beasley is going to be 33 by the time the season starts. So, Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. I mean, he does get he does have a way of getting those first downs. I mean, they're not all goal-to-go goal situations like you imply. But uh, he, he does have a knack for that. He, he um, finds a spot in the zone. Um, but it... it and yeah, like Sanders gone, Beasley gone, you got Diggs and Davis, and then what, right? It's tough, and it, it is a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know if you can restart. He's got. I don't know how many years he has left. Is this one more year? This or? is his last season. Yep. So maybe maybe you. I don't know. Resign him for a two year deal and move some of that money to next year or something. I don't know. And then cut him. Yeah. And then cut him next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I don't know. How, I don't know if, if it works like that, but you know, <laughs> make it seem like you want him for two years and then just cut him after one. I like it. <laughs> it's like keeping your girlfriend around that you don't necessarily want to marry, but you don't want to lose her. <laughs> it's like, oh no, we're going to totally get married. And then you find somewhere like ah, it's not working out. <laughs> something like that. Maybe something less less terrible, less rude. I guess. Mike, what are your thoughts? You'd like to see uh, Coldy Locks back? With the Buffalo Bills in uh, 2022? Not at that price, Nate. He has to make a decision, right? Like, if he comes down to a couple million dollars, I mean, a couple million dollars here, we're talking about some of the cuts earlier. Uh, I mean, I think he'd be dumb not to do that. So he would have to just take a straight out pickup because there are no years left on his contract. So there's nothing to restructure. Um, yeah. Well, here's an interesting player. So we're going to, Ed Oliver's next. Um, which are clearly not going to cut. He's really good, and he's actually a, a steal at $6.2 million, but they would save nothing by cutting him, which they won't. But A.J. Klein is the next player on the list. A.J. Klein is set to make $5.6 million, and his dead cap is only $400,000. So just to give you an idea, A.J. Klein, if they, if they cut him, they save $5 million. A.J. Klein played 25.7% of the snaps defensive snaps last season he is a special teamer played 37 percent of the snaps there but he's a 25.7 percent linebacker i mean he is in my opinion he's a luxury to have right now now what stinks is the bills have absolutely no depth behind milano or edmonds this is a this is a, a position that they haven't had depth at for a while i would argue that they even have even if they kept klein they still don't have a lot of depth 
after him. That's why they had to re-sign um, Tyrell Dotson this past week to like a one-year contract, right? Um, so I guess, um, but there's nothing to say that they can't draft it because if I were Brandon Bean, I would draft Tremaine Edmonds' potential replacement in this draft because if you're not sure on Tremaine Edmonds, um, not saying you have to use a first-round pick on him by any means, but if you're not sure about Tremaine Edmonds, you draft someone in the first four rounds this season, hoping that he's either good depth because you don't have depth at that position, or he potentially becomes uh, Tremaine Edmonds' position. And then they don't have to pay him uh, $12.7 million. Or what, you know, that's what they have to pay him this season. But the going rate for a, a starting middle linebacker is, is in that range. So, uh, what do you think? To me, I'm like, in my head, I see this. And some of these other ones have been tough. Like Darrell Williams has been tough. Like he'd have to take a pay cut. I don't want to get rid of him in general because, like you said, he's a starter. Cole Beasley, he's a great player. Uh, you know, he may have lost his step at the same time. He has a rapport with Josh Allen. Josh Allen likes him. He has, he's that great safety blanket over the middle. But AJ Klein seems to me, he's, it's almost like a no brainer to cut him or at least take a pay cut, like a ridiculous pay cut. Like, oh, you're making $5.4 million this year? How about $3.4 million? What do you guys think of that? You know, it's interesting that they didn't do much to improve their depth last offseason at linebacker. Klein had to start 11 games for the Bills the year before last. They might be okay keeping him as their main depth player. Like you said, there's not much else there, so I, I think you have to keep him. Yeah, if you don't, you're taking a you're rolling the dice and that you can get someone in the draft that's better, <laughs> which might be tough, especially with the system given. Mike, what do you think? I think he's I hate to say it, but the obvious choice uh, Beasley and Klein lead the list for me. It's almost like a luxury to have AJ Klein at this point, because you're paying a ridiculous amount of money to your middle linebacker. You're paying a ridiculous amount of money to Matt Milano. Ridiculous, meaning it's still like, it's just a lot of money. So to tie it up in a third linebacker who only plays 26% of the snaps, it just seems like a lot, you know? I mean, they'll be screwed. He did start 11 games out of necessity, um, and he wasn't terrible. Like, he got better as the season went on a couple couple seasons ago. I I will Um, say that he can't, like, he does one or two things really well, but not other things necessarily. So there is that to factor in, I suppose. Yeah, I'd say he leads the list on mine of people to let go, to release outright. Um, but another potential candidate for a restructure, and by restructure I mean he just gives us money back. Um, next play, next is John Feliciano, and I think he's going to be one of the last people we talk about. Um, I know John, John, you want to talk about the guy after Cody Ford, but um, John Feliciano, five million dollars. Dead cap of 1.5, they will save $3.5 million by cutting John Feliciano. I mean, if they keep Daryl Williams at the cost that he's staying, you have your five starters. Um, John Feliciano is a luxury at that point of depth behind them. Now, is it a luxury that's worth paying for? Perhaps. He's only making $5 million. It's not like the guy's making $10 million like Daryl Williams, but uh, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Save $3.5 million for it. Um, if you can't get Daryl Williams to take a pay cut, like, I think this is the way you work around some room in the cap. And again, Cody Ford, 
uh, being that guy as well. So, I mean, if you were to cut John Feliciano and Cody Ford outright, uh, you're talking $5 million right there. Um, and you still get to keep your starting lineup. And you don't have to get Dar- get Darrell Williams to give you a, uh, a payback. John, also being another John, another J-O-N, um, that's got to hurt you to hear what I said about cutting John Feliciano and my being okay with it. Obviously a member of the J-O-N clan. Probably didn't care if I mentioned any J-O-H-Ns, but we didn't. <laughs> we didn't any. I feel like no one's named J-O-H-N, by the way. I don't think people are. People aren't even naming their babies John. Or Mike or Nate. <laughs> I can't remember the last Michael I've seen. Um, odd. Anyway, John, yay or nay on uh, on John Feliciano cutting. That's tough, What are you right? talking about? <laughs> How many babies do you know? Uh, so Corona, I feel like people have gone underground. Maybe that's why. There's a lot of baby names that aren't anything like the traditional names that we kind of have traditional. I mean, Mike and John are like as traditional as apple pie. Nate's kind of unique, not going to lie. But <laughs> uh, In a it's good a way? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a reason why people didn't name them, <laughs> name their children Nathan. But um, did I ever tell you I met a guy at, at my one job? Uh, he was like, oh, hey, Nate. Oh, he's like, hey, Nathaniel, how's it going? I'm like, oh, actually, it's not Nathaniel. I was like, most people call me Nate, but it's like Nathan. He's just like, no, it's not. He's like, Nate, huh. Nate is short for Nathaniel. I'm just like, are we arguing about what's on my gift certificate or my gift certificate, my birth certificate? Is this is this what we're doing right now? So there are people like that that, that exist that tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> so, uh, John, thoughts on John Feliciano? I could go for some pie right now. <laughs> so, all right, they they got to at a minimum they got to keep one of the two, Feliciano or. Um, Daryl Williams, right? Daryl Williams, yeah. So, I mean, wh- whoever they feel, you know, or can can make it work, right? You save six point four with cutting Daryl Williams, and you save three point five by cutting Feliciano. So, I, I kind of like the idea of of trading one of the two if they can, but I don't know. They, you know I, I also wouldn't mind keeping them both because they don't have a lot of depth either. So. Because Cody Ford, I'm, yeah. I'm running off as a loss at this point. Yeah, almost like that. I, I mean, offensive line is one of those positions that you can definitely trade for and either get late-round picks or something for because there's just not a lot of depth at that position, it feels like, in the NFL in general. Usually you don't have that much depth to even you know, trade guys away. I can't – was it Marshall Newhouse or whoever? The, Russell Bodine, the Bills traded to the Patriots for a sixth-round pick. They were going to cut him anyway because he was terrible. And then they ended up getting a sixth round pick from the Pats in their own division. And then, then he ended up getting cut from the Pats like a week later or whatever. So John likes to keep the depth, but he figures you have to choose either him or Darrell Williams. Mike, I think he's just saying that he doesn't want to cut John Feliciano outright because of the name thing. Mike, you have no tie to the name. Do you care? I actively dislike the name. <laughs> Wait, just the name in general or the J-O-N version? <laughs> Just the JON version. Oh, it's it's like it's like they they think they're so good they don't need that age. Uh, so, do you think JON or JOHN is more popular? I think I think John, our co-host John, is the first John I ever met that didn't have an H in it. <laughs> but ever since I met him, I feel like I've seen more no H non Hs than Hs. Really? Yeah, don't you? 
I feel like H is. Well, it's also short. I feel like H it's is also short for Jonathan. So it's not the actual. It, there's a difference there. I think you wouldn't put an H in Jonathan, right? Yes, you would. Oh, those people. I've never seen that. Not me either. That sound. That's scary to hear. That oh, the Jonathan it, could be with an H. Je- oh, <laughs> like it's actually J O H, and then Nathan. So maybe you would have an affinity with that. Me yeah. or, or John? <laughs> oh, I have an affinity for John's name because it has my name in it, no matter what. <laughs> Jonathan has me has Nathan in it. I'm good. Wait, is it Jonathan? Yeah, well, yeah John? we're all good. Mike, Michael sucks. All right, let's move on. <laughs> if anything, Mike's the worst name on this podcast by far. <laughs> I mean, has there ever been any good mics out there ever in any in any realm? <laughs> I mean, especially. Sports. I mean, geez, was the best Michael the Bills have ever had, right? Am I right? So, <laughs> hmm. good question. <laughs> There's been a ton of amazing Michaels in, in sports in general. Probably some of the best: <laughs> Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, John, did I ever tell you when when we so John and I played soccer together? And what was annoying is they made us run a lot. <laughs> like that was, they were like, <laughs> that sounds like it should be obvious, but like we, you had to show up like two or three weeks before school started with practice, run around the school. Like that was half of, half of freaking practice was running around the school doing this. So I was in like probably the best shape of my life then running around. Like I remember we had to do, Mike was in my gym class. We had to do the, the mile. And I'm like, I'm going to crush this mile. Like, I'm going to do the best. I've been training for this for over a month now at this point. And uh, Mike comes in, doesn't play any sports. He's very athletic, just never plays any sports. Crushes my mile by like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like he just got up that day and just ran it. Like, I had been training for this. <laughs> and it's not like I was like completely out of shape before I started training. Like, I was in decent shape as a kid. And like, <laughs> just <laughs> it just added to whatever okay shape I was in and Mike is still like eh, just you get like the best time of anyone in our class beside the kid that could run like a five and a half minute mile maybe I didn't go around as many times as I'm supposed to <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you, you got cut. a good start <laughs> you cut one lap short <laughs> oh, it's you... only three times around the track <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> you know what always annoyed me? Like it's so monotonous. It's, so monotonous, right? it it's hard to remember. It is. Your like, mind. Yeah, that, was, that was probably four. <laughs> <laughs> Just sprint towards the end so they think it's the fourth. <laughs> uh, what always used to annoy me is like when people would walk the mile, which is fine. Like I, thinking yeah, back, I was move so, off to the side. Guys. Move off. They never moved off to the side. They always took the inside lane. It's like, that's the shortest lane. Give it to me. I need that extra 10 seconds to beat Mike. <laughs> Try to beat Mike. <laughs> One lap less, Mike. Um, so those are the major names. John, John, I know there's someone on their list that's right under Cody Ford, uh, which we mentioned, uh, that you might consider cutting. Which I think is almost a definite cut candidate, in my opinion. Yeah, camp space or not, but you can cut their terrible punter and save one point two million for the cap. I mean, geez, no brainer. Matt Hawk is scheduled to make one point nine million dollars. 
And if you cut him, yeah, you save $1.2 million. And he's on a multi-year contract, by the way. He has, two, he has another season after this in the Bills. And uh, um, Matt Hawk is just awful. I don't know how else to say it. Like, I, I don't want to be rude because, you know, all these guys are, are probably amazing at their own craft. Like, or they have been since, you know, high school or grade school. But I but mean, I, mean, I like, never. Oh, like the whole league, right? Like. He wasn't that good with Miami either. Like, like when they signed him, like you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there weren't a whole lot of positive reports coming out when they signed him. They weren't like, "Wow, the Bills really nailed at this pick." Um, yeah, I think I think that I, to me that's a no brainer. I mean, if we went by no brainer cuts, this being one of them, one point two million dollars, either uh, trade or get rid of Cody Ford. So that's another one point four million dollars. Um, John, not so much ready to get rid of AJ Klein. I'm more, me and Mike are more, you know, likely to do that. That's a saving of over, over $5 million. Um, a couple of cuts here and there, or an extension to Stefan Diggs. I mean, you're going from, you know, $8 million from the necessary cuts that we just talked about to like over, you know, almost $20 million or so with, uh, some restructures and cuts that we talked about. And, and some extensions. So there's money to be had. It's always like, it's, it reminds me kind of of uh, Arrested Development when uh, the guy, uh, the father, goes, uh, there was, there's always money in the, uh, in the banana stand. <laughs> no? Any Arrested Development fans out there? No? <laughs> of course. So, so there's money to be had somewhere. Somewhere. You just got to find it. So those are all the major areas to sign it. Next week, we're going to discuss discussed positions of need specifically with the Buffalo Bills as we see them currently on the roster regardless of where they sign or who they sign um, we might take that a little bit into account but uh, we're going to go over positions I put a really good poll up on Twitter and got some really cool answers but um, speaking of Twitter if you're not following us please do we're at CTW pod Um, after Saran Neal signed his three-year extension this past week um I put a poll up on Twitter. I said, which pending Bills free agent do you want to see get extended? Now, we talked about that in the first part of the podcast. Uh, number one leading. So so here are, the, here are the four options. Harrison Phillips, Jerry Hughes, Levi Wallace, and Isaiah McKenzie. Harrison Phillips was the number one choice for Bills fans, 57%. Mike and John, can you guess who was number two between Jerry Hughes, Levi Wallace, and Isaiah McKenzie? Jerry Hughes. Levi Wallace, Isaiah McKenzie. John, I'll let you go first. I'll say McKenzie. Oh, yeah. Mike? Yeah, I'm going to yeah, agree. People are probably going to say McKenzie. Yeah, McKenzie, 28%. Good call. And then Levi Wallace at 11%. Jerry Hughes at 4%. Not a lot of people want Jerry Hughes back. <laughs> a lot of people are kind of ready to move on. They're like, I think we've seen the, I think we've seen the best of Jerry Hughes. Um, I, buzzed, I buzzed in first. <laughs> well done. You win. Mike wins this. Mike wins this. Finally got one. <laughs> Now, I did a secondary poll for like the next tier of free agents, which had to do with Ike Butker, Justin Zimmer, F.A. Obata, and Jake Kumro. I had to come up with a fourth, so I picked Jake Kumro. Ike Butker was the number one pick of those four. Justin Zimmer was the second one at 35%. Defensive tackle Justin Zimmer. And then F.A. Obata at 23%. And obviously, Jake Kumro got like nothing. But um, I thought that Justin Ike Butker was interesting because Ike Butker had an injury that ended his season. Um, and I don't necessarily know if he'll be ready for next season. Justin Zimmer also had a knee injury that ended his season. 
Um, I like Justin Zimmer a lot. Uh, I would Isn't love to Zimmer see the Bills restricted free agent. It's based on spot track. He is. He's a restricted free agent. Correct. Yes. Says he's a. So I'm curious at how that works. Um, if he is a restricted free agent, uh, based on this, then yeah, I think the Bills should absolutely bring him back. Um, I like Justin Zimmer a lot. Um, but then FAO, so Ike Botker, I was kind of surprised and like, he just never seemed to really hold on to a starting position. And it wasn't until he went down that the bills offensive line really started to click. I feel, um, so I was really surprised at that. So those were the two polls, uh, that I wanted to bring up. So obviously players like the, the fans like Harrison Phillips the most. And then, uh, in the second tier, they like Ike Botker. So those are those. Areas. Oh, by the way, uh, giveaway. So we we're talking about doing Bill's biggest needs next week. A position, uh, a few positions. We'll probably go over like five or six or seven positions that the Bills, and we'll try to rank them in order so that when we go into free agency the week after, we're going to name a couple of different players from each tier or each position and kind of give an idea of who we'd like to see out there that's out there, or I'm sorry, that's not uh, uh, an unrestricted free agent for the Bills that we might like to see for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, from another team. And then obviously if this list of of needs that we have for the Buffalo Bills doesn't get fulfilled through free agency, John, Mike, and I will then start, you know, basing our needs uh, towards the draft. And I think that's really going to help us determine who the Bills should focus on the first three or four rounds of the draft. Uh, basically. The, so this is what we're going to do. We have a really cool Fred Jackson jersey giveaway a signed jersey giveaway that we're giving to listeners only. So you have to be listening to this podcast in order to win next week. So again, it's a signed uh, Fred Jackson jersey. It's from uh, our friend Ryan, who owns Buffalo Autographs. So there's a couple of uh, big resellers of uh, resellers for uh, Bill's memorabilia, and Ryan is one of them. I've talked with Ryan on the phone. We've talked several times. Uh, really cool guy, really nice guy. Uh, he started this business just based on contacts. Like he has his own business doing other stuff. I'm not going to get into that, but like it's it's one of those things where he didn't have to do this. He kind of got an interest. He has an in to these Bills players. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's sell some jerseys, let's sell some footballs. It it started blowing up so much that I think he's going to end up uh, selling his other business to do this full time. And unlike other resellers, like Brian doesn't have to charge as much because it's literally just him, and that's the overhead. And the whole reason that he's doing this, he told me, which was a really cool idea in general, is that he's getting Bill's signed memorabilia for his ability to put his son through college. So his son's his son's younger. I forget. He's like seven or eight. So he's putting all this money aside, any money that he makes on this uh, towards his uh, towards his son's college, which is cool because a lot of these places are just, you know, they just make a ton of money, which I totally get not against that at all. But uh, this is kind of a cool, more personal story. It's more Bill's mafia. Like uh, the little guy who gets in uh, making a name for himself and, uh, and just crushing it. And uh, his website is buffaloautographs.com. If you use the promo code CTWPOD15, you will get 15% off. It's already a great price as it is. Uh, you're basically getting it at cost by going over there and uh, and putting in the promo code to save 15%. So do that right now. Um, check out the items. I saw some really cool stuff there earlier. Um, but yeah, yeah, check that out. So next week, 
if you want to win this Fred Jackson jersey, this is what you do. You either email me, uh, DM me over Twitter, DM me over Instagram or Facebook, message me over all, any of those platforms. Email address is ctwpod at gmail.com. And give us your biggest need, positional need for the Buffalo Bills and why. And I will read the best one, but also um, I'm just going to randomly choose the winner. So if I get 10 answers, that's fine. You'll be one out of 10 winners. If I get 100, that's fine, whatever. 10,000, I don't care. Uh, But you have to do these things. And it doesn't have to be a long explanation. You don't have to give me a paragraph. Uh, But I'll definitely read the best ones next week when we discuss it. And uh, this gives you a chance to, uh, to win. You'll be in the hat of whoever entered. And we'll announce it next week. So be sure to be listening next week when we announce the winner. Okay? So this has been a ton of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. By the way, uh, we didn't talk about this at all. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, has the best odds for going to Buffalo based on Vegas um, this next season as a free agent. John Mike. Do you want Gronkowski on the Buffalo Bills or not? And before you answer, I'm going to say I definitely don't want him, but it's more emotional than anything because I realize he's still a good tight end. Uh, Mind you, he has a huge injury history, like a ridiculous injury history, but he's still one of the best tight ends probably in NFL history. Uh, Still playing at a decently high level, if we're being honest. Uh, I just can't get past the Trey White incident where he pile-drived him after Trey White picked off Tom Brady. Um, John, I'll start with you thoughts on, uh, Gronkowski coming back. Do you want him? If we can even afford him, he'd have to take a huge pay cut, but if we can afford him, do you want him? No, I mean, like, what is he like? He's going to be 33. He's how many, how many full seasons has he had? Let me look here. One 32. He's had one 16 game season since his second year in the league. Come on, <laughs> Mike Gronk, yay or nay? I think he helps the team, but it's a function of the price, man. I mean, you're adding another weapon to the Buffalo Bills, so that's never a bad thing, right? Like from Gronk's perspective, right? He can get endorsements, we can win another ring, stay relevant longer. Um, I, I definitely think he can help the team, and I definitely take him. Just man, just at what price? I guess I just hold on to these things. I'm just bitter. Like bitter Nate definitely comes out at times, and this is one of those things where it's hard for me to get past. Wait, you think bitter Nate is the thing that comes out? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I thought that you... was the default. <laughs> You're implying that like and happy-go-lucky Nate sometimes come out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on his what? birthday, on the first day of spring. You know what, I'm Christmas rem- morning, <laughs> a couple hours. Groundhog Day, he sticks his head out <laughs> just for a moment. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Bitter Nate, huh, is the default. Well, I'll remember that, Mike. I'll remember that uh, <laughs> that statement. <laughs> we'll see if I look kindly on that when... Uh... <laughs> uh, no, no, I... And you're what? Paying bonuses? <laughs> Are Barry skimming off the top just so I can do these giveaways with you, <laughs> with the listeners? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I just, I just sit more emotional with these. Like, we haven't done this in so long, but we have a piece of garbage club 
for the Buffalo Bills on a podcast. It's just like this stupid bit where it's all these players that we don't like. Obviously, you have Brian Cox on there. Uh, they just all all Bills players players don't really like. Um, who else is on there off the top of my head? I don't have it pulled up, but like, uh, who's the guy that ran into Dan Carpenter? Um, Richard Sherman when he did that stunt. Um, you're talking about Jarvis Landry, who ended uh, Aaron Williams's career, right? Jarvis Landry, I don't want to see come back, even though his name always comes up um, or has come up recently with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Gronk is on the list. Gronk is on the piece of garbage club. So I don't want him back. I'm okay if he never steps foot uh, in Buffalo in a Bills uniform, but um, I can definitely see what Mike was saying. There is a lot to be had with having another weapon. And in my opinion, not not to give a spoiler, but my whole offseason from here on out, now that we know that Josh Allen is absolutely our franchise quarterback, he is the, the linchpin of our entire team. And he's proven that he can almost beat you know a super bowl contending team like the chiefs all by himself you know if the bills don't completely you know throw up all over themselves at the end of the game like they did that time 13 seconds left um but uh just build it and if and if gronk is another weapon for the buffalo bills whether it's a draft pick gronk another wide receiver another tight end whatever building the offensive line around josh it all has to be building around josh all the time. And then if you can't build around Josh or you have a pick and you find a guy that's amazing on defense, draft him, sign him. But unless you're good with Josh for like every single offensive line position, you don't have depth behind those positions. You don't have amazing wide receivers behind your great wide receivers. Like, I mean, what are we even doing here? You got, you have to really focus everything on Josh, but um, yeah, bitter Nate doesn't want Gronk, but logical Nate says, uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Let's just say that. No thanks. So, so that uh, that does it for us here at Circling the Wagons. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this. Be sure to email us, DM us, message us over social media, or email us uh, your biggest positional need for the Buffalo Bills. I have a poll that was out on Twitter for that, so I have responses from that. We'll probably read some of them next week with obviously giving our thoughts on it. So thank you guys so much for listening. For John. Go Bills. And for Mike, go Bills. It was fun. Thanks. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Thank you guys for listening. Build around Josh, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>